shift into an attitude of gratitude. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Millionaire Woman Show, where we bring you guests from around the world who are going to inspire you, motivate you, and educate you in using principles of life, leadership, and business to help you live rich from the inside out. Today's special guest I met at the New Media Summit that Steve Ulsher put on in San Diego in September. And uh, I am so excited to be able to interview Elizabeth because we had an exercise together where <laughs> you can kind of read somebody's soul. So it's really cool to be able to have her on the show. So Dr. Elizabeth Hughes is a Stanford trained physician with more than 25 years of clinical experience. And after treating thousands of patients with stress-related illness and having her own life nearly ruined by stress and chronic anxiety, she realized that the conventional medical approach is completely inadequate with dealing with stress-related conditions, and she vowed to find a better solution. Her quest led to non-Western systems of health and healing, placebo research, and the emerging sciences of epigenetics and psychonumeral immunology. In the process, she became a registered yoga teacher, health coach, and a practitioner of several energy medicine modalities. Dr. Hughes has developed the stress antidote system, a unique process to turn off the body's harmful stress response, and she has helped clients all over the world to overcome the root cause of their stress, reverse symptoms of stress-related illness, Please welcome the stress antidote doctor, Dr. Elizabeth Hughes. Hi, it is so good to be here with you, Deborah. It's great to get to connect again. Oh, this is so lovely. And, you know, stress has such a huge impact. And, you know, there's the good stress and the bad stress, but regardless of the stressor in our lives, it does have an impact. Right. But what does stress do to the body from the biological perspective? So from a biological perspective, any time that you feel the feeling of stress, your body is flooded with hormones, neurochemicals, uh, and that basically switch everything in your body to pure survival mode. Like really, stress says, I don't think I can make it through this whatever this is. And so uh, your body switches over just to do the bare minimum it needs to survive. But, and what that does over time is it doesn't allow your body to repair itself. It alters how basic functions like uh, how your digestion works, how your blood circulates, whether or not your muscles are getting repaired properly everything shuts, I don't want to say shuts down, but kind of grinds to a stop as, as far as all the things that you think of as health and making you healthy and making you thrive. 
I, uh, for people who, oh, you were going to say something there. Well, it, it just makes me think about that repair and rejuvenate, that recharging. That yes. you know, we hear a lot of people talking about self-care today. And I know right. people will brush it off and say, who, who needs that? It's kind who of fun, that? right? I'm macho. I don't need it. <laughs> but if you think about repair, even when people, you know, go to the gym and lift weights, it's no different when, when you, you're tearing these muscles and then right. allowing them to repair and rebuild so that you can be stronger. Exactly. The same analogy works in, in our health. So I'd love for you to just continue on. Yeah, yeah. Well, what people don't realize is that we're repairing ourselves all the time. So we have to be thinking all the time, is it working at perfect peak function. You can't sort of batch good health. Okay. For an hour, once a week, I'm going to go to the spa and relax. And that's going to be my self repair time. This has to be built into what you do and how you think and how you kind of move through your day. You have to be thinking, am I going to, you know, is this whatever I'm feeling right now? Cause what you feel reflects how your body's functioning is what I'm feeling now, the healthiest feeling that's going to work best for me. You know, it must've been eye opening. Like, you know, my background's nursing. So I really right. understand, you know, the healthcare perspective and medical perspective that we're looking at symptoms, but underlying that, what is the thought behind the symptom? And to know that it can lead to illness if the thought that you're choosing to hang on to and we know that we have 50 to 70,000 thoughts in a day. Right. But the thought that we're choosing to hang on to and replay in our minds could be making you sick. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it does. And it's not, uh, it's not science fiction. It's not, you don't have to go to some metaphysics or some world of woo-woo. You can really think of every time you say you're stressed, think about it as giving yourself an EpiPen, you know, a shot of epinephrine and a pill like 20 milligrams of prednisone. And for people who know what these medicines are, you know that over a few months, if you do that to yourself multiple times a day, you're going to be sick. You're going to have high blood pressure. You're going to be weak. You're going to have diabetes or pre-diabetes. You're going to have changes in mood. You're going to have anxiety. That much of epinephrine, you're going to have anxiety. And so some of these thoughts literally are like poisons when they're, when they're repeated over and over again. So we know that stress, you know, you've elaborated how it affects health. How is... How prevalent is stress and, and related illness? Like, you know, we see all these illnesses that we just mentioned, but how, how often is the basis of it related to stress? Uh, at least 75% of the time. Wow. And these, these are old numbers. This isn't something that somebody's looked at just recently. I've actually reading a book right now that was published in 1959 where it's thought, you know, Three quarters of people sitting in hospitals have stress-related illness in, in this book. So I, I love medical history, and so I look back. Wow. That so, is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, and the World Health Organization has declared stress to be the epidemic of the 21st century that has to be addressed. And not Ebola, not you know the Wuhan coronavirus. That's tiny in comparison with the toll that stress is taking on everyone's life. Yeah. And, and I think the thing that people don't, I think they push it aside because it doesn't feel like it's a, such acute. 
it's not immediate, it's not gonna have a drastic effect, but over long term, it's costing the health system, it's costing our families parking, you know, parking alone at, at you know, facilities and, you know, right. <laughs> getting food and missing days of work and all of these things and supporting those in the hospital, not only them, but the family members who need to readjust their lives as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think about it as sort of death by 10,000 paper cuts. 9,999, 9, you're okay. And then that last one comes. Well, stop the paper cuts in the first place. Yeah. And, and we're, we're taught that success has to come with stress. Like there is, at least I was, you know, you have to feel busy and you have to feel like almost like you're, everything's just on the border of out of control in order to be successful. And yet, if you really look at the most successful people, they don't have that. They've got a mm. sense of, I can do this. I'm calm. My body can handle it. I can handle it, which is the opposite of stress. <laughs> they also delegate a lot of their other work and they only focus on what their core strengths are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And realize that you have core strengths. If you're busy comparing yourself to other people and saying, well, I'm not as good as blank. Well, that's stressful feeling. Yeah. And, with, and you ignore what you've got, what you got going. So how did you become aware of this link between stress and poor health? So it, it was a, a funny, <laughs> funny way. Uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association, which is one of the main medical journals, each week or every few weeks publishes some sort of retrospective article. It's like 75 years ago in health, 100 years ago in health. So I was reading a journal, actually a stack of journals one day at lunch because who I, multitasking all the time. And it, it talked about a condition called Cushing's disease, which if you're familiar, you probably aren't. Uh, in 1912, Dr. Harvey Cushing discovered a condition called, uh, where a woman had high blood pressure, obesity, muscle weakness, acne, stretch marks, couldn't get pregnant, didn't have a period, et cetera, et cetera. This, this collection of illnesses. And theorized and, and discovered that it was because of a hormonal imbalance, she was having too many adrenal stress hormones in her body. And as I was reading this uh, list, I was reading this old report, and the idea was, well, isn't it cool that he figured out what she had before there was modern medicine and, and all of the diagnostic imaging? But what struck me was what this first patient with Cushing's disease had, which was rare a hundred years before, was now commonplace. It was everybody I'd seen that, not everybody, but almost everybody I'd seen this morning had had more than one of these conditions. And I was like, what's happened in the world that, that what was rare is now uh, common? But what happened, what was going on in my life is I, somehow that was like the one intelligent thought in my brain because the rest of the time was spent with my 70,000 thoughts going, I'm, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. I can't handle this. I had chronic, horrible anxiety, 
panic attacks that just floored me. I was constantly tired. I had chronic pain. And I really, really gradually and slowly started to look at what was the status of my own stress level and my own hormonal level, not through a not through medical tests, but through just sort of thinking about what was I doing that was driving that that um, all of my my so health problems. The influencer of those thoughts. Exactly, exactly. And so it it was sort of putting all of that together that you know there's something that was rare is now super common, mm-hmm. and then having that own experience of myself experiencing some of those things. I wish I could say it was quick. I wish I could say it was pretty. I wish I could say I snapped a finger. (laughs) It took a while. But uh, now, whatever life throws at me, it doesn't rattle me because that underlying stress is always fine. I'm I'm always okay. Do you remember that aha moment when you realize, oh my gosh, this is related to stress? This is related to what I'm telling myself. Yes, yes. And it was, I, I'm going to be honest with you, it wasn't comfortable because I suddenly got this feeling like, oh, I'm doing everything wrong. And, you know, it's a doctor, like, I can't do anything wrong. <laughs> I have to be exact. But, but there was this, this sense that I had to start over. I had to start looking again. And that's why I specifically stepped outside of Western medicine. Like I have to start to think about how people kept themselves healthy before Western medicine was there. There's something to be learned there. People have lived for thousands of years, maintaining their own health in a totally different way. And that's where I had to go. And it really, I'm making an assumption because anything that I see is stress related, it really involves a lifestyle change. Yes. Yes. So, but but I, not that, well, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, one is why, why don't more doctors, why aren't they looking at, you know, looking for the symptom of what's the root cause of the stress versus only the symptom alone? Oh, I don't, I, I, I have my theories here, but really doctors are not taught anything about stress. You, know, you you get a medical textbook and you're going to learn all about heart disease and cancer and kidney disease, but there's nothing in it about stress, really. And if it is, it's a little footnote and everyone assumes that there's nothing you can do, first off. They, you kind of assume stress is normal. And secondly, doctors are so steeped in stress. We're, we're just, uh, I can't imagine getting through medical school without an anxiety disorder. Like you almost need to be that level of on edge all the time. And like so many people, we assume, we doctors assume it's okay. I used to have this gallows humor sort of thought when, when, um, when patients would come and say, you know, do you think my, my problem is related to stress? And I'd say, yeah, probably is, but you know, it's nothing a trip to Hawaii can't cure. And I was like, it was awful. I was, I was the worst, the worst, because I didn't recognize how stress was affecting me. Mm. Yeah. Cause I would think that you're, cause you're right in the middle of it. Right. 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 So you, you can't see, um, you can't see outside of that. 
Mm -hmm. And I think if, if we spent more time in society helping people with coping skills, right. you know, really doing the stress management, we would see a lot less illnesses because really what some of those stresses are, do I have the right answer? Am I enough? Am I worthy? Am I deserving? Like all of these I am statements that people are telling themselves. Right. Or what if I get something wrong? Right. As a doctor, you know, you're looking to find, investigate the answer. But what if that one time I don't find the right answer? Absolutely. These are, these are, this is something that everybody faces, no matter what, what, industry or business or, or profession they have. There's like, I've got to be right. And you know, what's interesting is that when your background level of stress is reduced, when the things that could, that can give you those questions come up, they, um, they become less of a big deal. You have more capacity to handle it, so mm -hmm. to speak. Uh, and I'm going to give a really, really um, specific example of something that just happened over this past weekend. So I have a dog who only has three legs because he lost one leg for cancer. And he started on, and he's been alive for two and a half years, way beating the cancer odds. They're supposed to be dead in six months after this cancer, but he beat the odds. He stopped walking on one of his feet on Sunday. I was like, oh no, here it is. Cancer is coming. You know, like we got to take him to the vet. And so I take him to the vet and he do a workup and I'm very upset that I think my dog's not going to live. And, uh, and then I get the huge vet bill that of course, if you take your vet, <laughs> your dog to the vet on a Sunday, well, he has just a bad infection. He's now fine. He's now home. Yes, there's the bill, but you know, me 10 years ago would have spiraled into insomnia and panic attacks and being unable to handle that um, or anything else. Whereas me now says, okay, that's all right. Because life is still going to cause me something that gets like my heart racing and a little anxiety. But it's those, you need to save your stress for when you need, you need it. You need to when you need to act, when you need to do something so that you're not constantly just right below a simmer in terms of stress. So what is the hidden cause of stress that's extremely common that people may not be aware of? Oh, well, most people think um, things like, I can't get better if I've been diagnosed with a chronic illness. I'm old, so whatever I have isn't changeable. My body never, once I've had an injury or an accident or a condition, I can't, I'll never be as good as new. All of that's not true. Like every single solitary statement there is completely untrue. Our body, you even alluded to it earlier. Uh, when your body goes through stress, it actually rebuilds itself and becomes stronger. And, and so learning that, that your body is actually way more strong, way more capable of handling physical injury than they think it is. Yeah. So I, I think of a family member and uh, they said, well, your, your mother had that. You're going to have that too. It's just, right. just hereditary. And I, and I looked at them and I said, no, 
(laughs) going to be, but if you keep saying that for sure, because the thought will keep saying, I'm going to be just like my mom. I'm just going to be like my mom. This is what's going to happen to me. I'm going to have diabetes. I'm going to have all these illnesses and I have no control over anything. Exactly. And I remember watching in medical school, uh, that diagnosis being given to people. I saw a, a pair of twin sisters. One of them died of something that wasn't uh, hereditary, had no genetic basis. Yet when her other sister came in with the same symptoms, they said, oh, well, you know, you've got this thing. It's, it's hereditary. And I was like, no. But as a little medical student, who am I to say, wait, that's wrong if every other white-coated doctor is saying that's how it is. Yeah. And I think that's the thing when people see the white coat, because I've watched it happen. Right, right. That, that white coat that has so much credibility that they put so much value on, on the label and right. think that they don't have the capacity to change anything because it, it was given, the fix for it was given in a pill form. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And when the fix for it is, and it, it's no fault of their own, they're taught to prescribe. Right. You know, but if we looked from a health promotion, health prevention perspective, we're really needing to say, okay, so what's going on in your life right now? Mm -hmm. You know, and if we spend that extra time with people, like whether it be uh, in healthcare or whether it be through the work that you do, Elizabeth, to- I think it should go back to schools. Like we should- Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. What is going on for you today that's influencing the way you're thinking? Right. Or what thought are you hanging on to that you're making suddenly believe it's the truth? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So how can changing how you think affect how your body functions? So we've alluded to it a little bit um, now, but I would love for you to expand on that a lot more. Well, some of it's changing how you think. And then a lot of it is changing how you feel when you think what you think. So, you know, you can feel, you know, there's a real difference between I think I can get better and sort of holding yourself back like most of that thought is, I don't know if it's actually going to be true versus I think I can get better and really thinking, yes, that is a possibility for me. So, so how you feel directly, it tells you what part of your nervous system is on? Are you in that fight and flight or are you in the repair and restore mode? So what you think and then really what you feel about what you think. I'm really busy. Could be exciting if you're in business and like, I've got a lot of clients versus I'm really busy. I can't handle it. It's how you feel about what you think. (laughs) Yeah. And, and there goes to alluding to, are we working to be busy just to look like we're active Mm-hmm. Or are we really looking at being productive with the time that we have? Right. You know, because then people can put themselves into their own anxious state versus I got this. I'm handling it just fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. So isn't it, is diet and exercise enough to be healthy? No. Well, the same idea of if you've started a new diet and you are looking at your plate of food and you're looking at it and thinking, oh, I hope this makes me better versus I think this is going to make me better. You can eat the best food in the world, eat the perfect diet, whatever that is. But if you're eating it with a sense of, I don't think this is going to work as your predominant way back in the back of your mind thought 
it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with exercise. I, when I had anxiety, I ran all the time, but I ran it's like, am I running fast enough? Am I, am I going to run far enough? Shouldn't I be running farther? Boy, I'm a wimp. I'm not running enough. And like, it wasn't doing anything for me. Nothing. <laughs> And you don't, you're not able to reap the benefits of the work that you're putting out there because your body just thinks it's, it's on uh, safety mode, right? right. That amygdala exactly. hijack and you're not actually getting any benefit from it. Absolutely. So what is your takeaway message that you want people to remember from this conversation? Stress isn't normal. If you're going to take anything away, stress isn't normal. It may be common, but that doesn't mean it's healthy. <laughs> mm. So even you know when you hear about people have good stressors, like it might be having a baby or getting married or you know buying a new home, these are often what are referred to as good stressors. But regardless of the stress, the stress amount that you have in a year it can affect the impact of your life. Absolutely. If you have one good little bit of stress, like, you know, a promotion, but it balls into this big, bad bit of stress, it's any of the benefit of that, that excitement is going to um, uh, be negated. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I often have some extra questions in my back pocket. Yes. And uh, what is one book that has transformed your life? that has had a big impact about how you live every day? So how I live every day. I loved Michael's, oh shoot. Hopefully I get the name right. The Surrender Experiment. Oh yes. I love that. Michael Singer. Michael Singer. I was going to say Michael Singer and then like. It's on my list of reading. Yes. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. And I think uh, I like it better than his other sort of overarching book because it talks about how he lived through what was probably just devastation. I mean, he was, you know, under federal investigation, lost his business, lost everything, and just, I'm going to let this happen. And it worked out okay. What's the lesson that you took away? The, the really, um, for him, he has, um, he does not let stresses affect his health. He does not let external uh, events change what he thinks about himself and his mission. And he's allowed himself to excel in a number of ways as an author, as a businessman, running two different, totally different businesses, uh, because he never let what happened sort of buffet him. Mm. Very powerful. Yeah. So if you encounter someone today that was undergoing a lot of stress, you know, may even be contemplating, um, thinking about what to do about it. Yeah. Cause they all of a sudden have this awareness of that it's impacting their lives. Where would you suggest that they start? So I would start with them. And this is the first thing I do with people I work with is finding a time when they felt a real sense of calm or peace or trust in their lives. And, and there's a way to feel what that feels like and bring up that memory. And even if you can't do it right at the moment that you're feeling the worst stress, practicing doing that you know, five minutes at a time, a few times a day is enough to start to reset your body's 
function, reset your nervous system, get some of the uh, repair functions starting again. But it's like learning to ride a bike. You've got to ride with training wheels on a flat driveway first before you can go mountain biking down a hill like that. Like you have to start and practice little bits when you're feeling your best before you can deploy this uh, on, you know, in the worst. This always fascinates me. <laughs> every, every guest has such wise words to share with our guests. And uh, I want to thank you for all the wisdom that you've shared. Um, and it's beautiful to have the combination of, you know, the Western medicine plus the other, you know, knowledge base that you have built of the non-traditional. <laughs> um, what does living rich from the inside out mean to you? Oh, you know, the sources of everything good is right here. It's right on you. I, I feel like that every day. That there's just, nothing can take me away from that. Except You're, me. True. <laughs> and I got control over me. <laughs> and that's the thing that we have to remember. We yeah. have a choice. We have that control all the time. Uh-huh. So... Please, Dr. Elizabeth Hughes, please tell us how people can stay in touch with you. Well, they can find me through my website. It's Elizabeth Hughes, MD, or you can go to thestressantidote.com and get a free guide on five hidden causes of stress you can eliminate right now. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with our guests. And thank you for coming on the Millionaire Woman Show. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And you know, coming back and listening to these amazing guests that we have, go over to iTunes or your favorite podcast player, rate, review, subscribe. We would love to have you on board so you're not missing a single episode. As well, you can go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com, download your three video mini course of making habits stick, really putting together your habits and routines to focus in with consistency on getting the results that you want. And as Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Elizabeth and myself, go out and make today great.